Good morning once again, church. God bless you. And may you be blessed and receive uh, the best that the Lord has for you today. We will be uh, going through uh, Acts chapter 14, verses 8 through 18 this morning. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and, and pray and uh, just invite the Holy Spirit to, to come in and, and do the work that only He could do to encourage us. Lord knows I need uh, much encouragement this morning. I'm sure we all do. So uh, let's just turn to Him, uh, our true Redeemer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you again for just this time that you've given us, Lord, to uh, be in your word, to hear from you, to allow you to speak to our hearts. Father, may you quicken our spirits. Lord, help us to understand what it is that you have prescribed in your word for us this morning, that we may be able to see ourselves in your word, uh, in your truth, and see how it directly applies to us. Lord, whatever side of the, the coin we may be on this morning, may we experience your penetrating love through your word, that it would expose everything that's within our hearts, and that ultimately we would see that your desire is for us to return back to you. Help us to honor you and praise you in truth, in honor. May you receive all glory that is due to you. We thank you and we love you. We pray this all in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now at Lystra, there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul speaking, and Paul looking intently at him, seeing that he had faith to be made well, said in a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And he sprang up and began walking. And when the crowd saw that Paul had done uh, what had Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in Lyconian, The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. And the priests of Zeus, whose temple was at the entrance to the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowds. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd, crying out, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to walk their own ways. Yet he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. Even with these words, they scarcely restrained the people from offering sacrifices to them. I've entitled this message, the power of faith and the danger of false worship. And we see these two extremes clearly exemplified in this portion of scripture. As we can see, Paul and Barnabas were 
quite serious about their father's business, about the Lord's business, them uh, continuing to be led by the Holy Spirit, going into different countries, different regions, and spreading the gospel. As they left Iconium, heading for Lystria, they would continue to preach the gospel to all they came across. They were used greatly by the Lord, but they were also tested greatly as well, as we, we just read, the uh, the fact that they continued to share the truth of the gospel and then to have men uh, desire to praise and worship them. They were tested in that. We also will learn of a man who possessed great faith, this crippled man from birth and what he did with his faith. When we look at all of these different components combined in all their experiences, today we will learn about the power of genuine faith and the danger of false praise. The main points I would like us to focus on this morning, we'll start with the first one, and it is genuine faith is a vital part of the Christian life. You cannot have a walk with Christ without it. But not only just having faith and whatever measure you have, but but literally acting upon the faith that you possess, making choices in your life and in my life based on the faith that we hold in Jesus Christ alone. The fact is, everyone has faith whether they believe it or not. And I'll give you an example. When you go to the kitchen table and you go sit on the chair, you're trusting that that chair is going to hold you up. That that takes a measure of faith to believe that these things are so. Same thing when you get into a car, you're having faith that this seatbelt is going to uh, keep you restrained in the seat so you don't fly through the windshield when you push on the brakes. We all have a measure of faith, but it's who or what we put our faith in that makes the biggest difference. That's the first point uh, this morning. The second main point is worshiping the blessing rather than the blessor always leads to a form of idol worship. When we praise men or things, material items, instead of the God who created them, we are practicing idolatry. That is what we are doing. And with this being such a a big part of mainstream culture, people need to know the difference between between true worship and false worship. And this is where true followers of Christ come into play to to share the gospel in in a manner clearly, so people can uh, decipher for uh, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit that what this is is true worship and what this is on the other side is false worship and this is what we clearly see happening in this passage with Barnabas and Paul and the third main point this morning is this godly people should never bask in the praise of others but instead redirect them to praise Jesus Christ it's very tempting to be in any position of influence or or power and want to receive positive responses from other people. The truth is that we all want that. The reality is we all uh, desire to be uh, looked at in a way that is is positive, that we would gain positive affirmation and uh, responses from other people. But the problem with that is nine times out of ten, well, I'll say ten times out of ten, 
we can't handle it. Definitely without the Holy Spirit, you cannot handle, I cannot handle the praise and the adoration and the 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 in uh, the influence of other people the attention of others all too often praise and attention of others gets to our heads and we become proud and we lose focus of who the praise should go to it is far better to redirect the praise of others to the lord for he is the only one worthy of receiving praise and honor amen all right let's go ahead and begin and we'll start in verse 8 Now at Lystra, there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and had never walked. So here Paul and Barnabas continue on their missionary journey through Lystra. They come across a man who was crippled since birth. He had never used his feet. He he had no use of his feet and he couldn't walk. Now we know that there are many accounts. This is not the, the first account of someone who was either crippled or lame or blind in the Bible. We know that there are many accounts of those who are who had some form of a, a physical ailment, uh, some type of uh, handicap, and they, they, they were uh, physically enabled to do certain things. It's, it's easy to read this portion of scripture and just glance over this first verse and simply chalk it up to oh this is something we've already heard before this is somebody who was crippled and and he couldn't he couldn't walk uh, since birth but the detailed description of this crippled man sitting in Lystra hits closer to home than we may think the application for us this morning is this though Many may not relate to this crippled man physically. We may not have the same ailments as him. We are sure to relate to him on a spiritual level. Because we were all born spiritually crippled. Because of the sin nature that was in, we inherited from the first Adam. We are all spiritually crippled as we came into this world. Bankrupt from the disease of sin. Because we were born spiritually crippled, we could never use our feet and follow after Christ. That goes back to everyone's natural bend is is towards selfishness, is towards towards sinfulness, is towards doing everything that is contrary to what God would have us to do. That is because of our sinful nature. Instead of following after Christ because of our spiritual state being crippled, we sat in our sin, unable to excuse me, unable to move and and until, like Paul and Barnabas, Jesus came to where we were at and approached us. We all know that it is Jesus that came down from the glory of heaven, took upon the form of a man and was God in the flesh. And he came to our predicament and gave of himself to be the perfect sin sacrifice, enabling all people that were born sinners to now be born again into uh, the spiritual likeness of him and to be uh, people that could live a holy life separate from the world. This is the beauty of the gospel. This is the greatest rescue story ever told. The fact that Jesus did this, but this is where we were at, just like this crippled man, unable to walk from birth spiritually. Now let's go ahead and see what happens in these next couple verses, starting in verse 9. Notice that there was something right off the bat that was different, and we'll look at it right here. So he says, 
He listened to Paul speaking, and Paul looked intently at him, and seeing that he had faith to be made well, said, this is Paul, speaking in a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And he sprang up and began walking. Now, like I just alluded to, there was something very unique and different about this crippled man. The text says that he listened. This is such a simple statement, but it's truly profound because he didn't see Paul and Barnabas coming near him and decide to himself, well, hmm, let me, I, I see that these are, are men of God. I can tell that they're, they're different, not like the rest. So let me go ahead and think of how I can tell them about my needs, how long that I've been in, in, the, in, this, in this difficult state of not being able to walk and not being able to f- do things for myself, just as simple as getting up and moving. He didn't do that. He simply listened to Paul speak. There are other times in the scriptures where the apostles or Jesus came across those in need. And many times these people who were in need would, would cry out either for material needs like, like food or clothes or, or money. Or they would cry out for their physical needs like, a lep- like the leopards did. They, they would cry out to be healed. And this is not to say that they were wrong in doing so. But it does point out that this individual had, how shall I say, a different perspective from the others. The application is this. Many times in our own lives, we, would, we should do far uh, less talking and more listening. But unfortunately, we do far more talking than we do listening. It serves us best to grow in the skill of listening. Many times what the Lord is trying to show us will be spoken through the quietness of his word while we were are studying alone or through his messengers, be it through a, a pastor or be it through another brother or sister in Christ. But we need to be in a place ready to listen or hear from him lest we'll miss the message that he's trying to convey to us. Next step, we notice in uh, in the scripture here that Paul looked at this man intently. Well, what does this mean? It means Paul looked at him with with earnest, with an earnest and and much attention. He he was fixated on this individual. But why? Why was Paul fixated on this crippled man of all people? Well, simply because the Holy Spirit revealed to Paul something. In this man, the Holy Spirit revealed to Paul the level of faith that this crippled man uh, possessed. He had enough faith to listen to the apostle and not speak. That's a big deal to 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 keep to control his tongue. We know that the Bible talks about uh, the tongue is like a rudder and, and that small rudder controls the whole ship. It, it can move the ship left to right, front to back. make a circle, whatever. Uh, The Bible speaks of if you can control the tongue like a rudder, you can control your whole body. And we see this man, this crippled man that had been crippled since birth, but he was controlling his tongue. And as the apostles came upon him, he listened. He had enough faith to listen and not speak. He had enough faith to also hear Paul command him to get up and the crippled man obeyed. You see, this man understood something very important in the Christian faith that many of us struggle with all the time. 
And that is that he actually truly believed that Jesus Christ had the power to touch his life and to heal him. You see, many of us see Jesus doing things in and for other people around us, yet we don't really get the sense, we really don't truly believe that he can do these things for us in our own personal situations. This crippled man, he made the most important transition. He connected the dots between hearing, believing, and obeying. And that's so important in your relationship, in my relationship with the Lord. We have to connect the dots between hearing Him, hearing the Word of God, believing and obeying. I can't stress this enough. This is the difference between living a victorious life in Jesus Christ and not living a victorious life in Christ. It was because of this level of faith to one, listen to God's messenger, two, believe God's messenger, and three, obey the word expressed through God's messenger that this crippled man got up by the supernatural power of Jesus Christ and walked away healed. The application for us is we must grow in our faith daily to believe God at his word, plain and simple. We just have to trust the Lord that he is going to come through for us no matter what. And I'll be quite honest with you, this week has been extremely challenging for me personally in this area of faith and believing. So uh, as I told you last week, we, me and my family, we moved. We went from one location to another and we were blessed to, uh, upon before signing the lease at this new location, which is, you know, it's great. It's, it's fabulous. We're just extremely blessed to be fortunate enough to fortunate enough to be in the position we are to be where we're at, we we found out that our landlords are Christians and it was super cool. We were talking about it, you know, our their daughter was there, our kids were there and you know, we were just chopping it up and they were just like, Yeah, we're just we're just Christians. We just believe the Bible, you know, nothing nothing more than that. It wasn't any no frills, no colorful stuff, just we're 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 Bible believing Christians and that was such a blessing and it was just so encouraging in that time. Okay, so let's fast forward a couple of days after that. Uh, you know, everything with our move started out fine. I, I was moving stuff throughout the week over from, you know, the apartment to the new condo. And, and that was fine. And and then all of a sudden, just little kind of ticky-tacky problems started, started coming up throughout the week. Uh, you know, upon as we moved in, we, you know, we noticed that the... the, the uh, the the tub faucet it was like you know it's running water while the shower's still running and uh you know there was these little kind of black pellets that were coming down into the water that was from one of the lips of the tub and you know we didn't know what it was it was you know uh, corrosion or something you know behind the wall of the shower and uh, the hot water in the kitchen sink uh, it takes forever for it to get hot and you got to turn the the handle to the right instead of the left and uh you know and then the the you know, garage door started going schizo on us. It was like I you know, I changed the garage door battery, and then you know we didn't. You know, the garage door after that it would work for a little while, and then all of a sudden, you know, the garage door's going 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 frantic on us, and and then uh, you know we 
we went from one situation now we came here and you know there's there's a there's been a pest control issue in the garage where you know that these giant black oriental cockroaches are in the garage and you know we're just going you know going crazy dealing with this and so the whole house had to get sprayed after we had already just put in all of our uh you know all of our stuff into the cabinets in the kitchen you know last night we had to or friday night excuse me we had to take out every single thing and put it back out and so we had unpacked just to just to just to repack and and so it was just hectic, you know, just a whole lot. And it was very, uh, it's been very stressful this week, you know, dealing with all these things and then also closing out everything at the old place, making sure it was spick and span and up to, you know, up to uh, the standard it needed to be. Not that we dirtied it up, but we wanted to leave it cleaner than when we came in. And, and you know, so I'll be honest, I was at my wits end. I just, you know, I literally broke down uh, sometime, uh, you know, Friday and yesterday. And it was just, you know, I, I just was sitting on the couch and I just had to confess to the Lord. I was just like, I can't, I can't do this. I don't have the strength to do this. I don't have the energy to do this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm stressed out and, and, and I'm tired, Lord. It, it's, it's hard. I can't, I can't bear to go through another situation, uh, you know, like what we just came out of. And so, uh, you know that was the reality i had to be honest with the lord i had to be real i couldn't i couldn't fake it with with a fake prayer and be like no it's all good and you know um i will say you know for a moment's time you know my faith did waver i was like man lord did did i make another poor choice did 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 i did i make a wrong choice coming to this location and then the lord had to ensure me that i have to trust him i have to trust that these things are just bumps in the road and 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 it's not going to be perfect and sometimes it's not going to be pretty but but he's going to come through and he's going to fight for for me and my family and he's going to defend us and do the right thing and plus again uh, it's nothing against our landlords because our landlords are 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 bible believing christians they believe in jesus too so they're not against us it's just these are things that come up and you know fortunately i can i can share that you know they're very uh, good and they're they're very studious about taking care of all the things and so all these problems that we've had they they have got addressed in a very short amount of time and so we're very grateful for that I just share this story because uh, along with this message or in line with this message of, of having faith and growing your faith, I was not like that crippled man. I wasn't told one thing and I immediately just got up and walked. I was, you know, stewing in what I saw and the Lord had to show me, son, trust me, take hold and, 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 and trust that I'm going to come through for you. I share that because I don't know where you are today. And with this crazy world and everything going on, you may find yourself today, this morning, stressed out, beat up, having a lack of energy, feeling at your wit's end, feeling like you can't move on. But just remember what the Lord said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now 
Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. And so I just pray uh, that you're encouraged by those verses that whatever, wherever you find yourself, whatever your, your circumstances are today, that don't allow yourself to fixate on what your circumstances or your situation is, but look to the Lord, look to what you can't see, look to his word, look to what you can trust in knowing that he will uphold you with his mighty hand. Amen. All right, let's continue on in verses 11 and 13. And it says, and when the crowd saw that Paul, uh, what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices saying in Lyconian, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. And the priest of Zeus, whose temple was at the entrance to the city, brought oxen and garland, garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifices with the crowds. This miracle of this, this crippled man from birth, standing up and walking at the command of the Apostle Paul. The people saw this, but it was taken the wrong way. It attracted their attention, but the wrong kind of attention. They praised, but their praise was misguided. You see, they acknowledged the blessing, but they worshipped the wrong people. They worshipped the wrong God. They worshiped the wrong gods, small g. They worshiped men instead of God. And again, like I said, in their worship of God, their idea of who God was, was incorrect. Because they believed in Greek mythology, many gods, not one true living God. And that's why we see them, they, they called Barnabas Zeus, and they called Paul Hermes. They believed in Greek mythology. In their belief system, it was common for their gods to visit earth in human form. For example, there was a story of Zeus and Hermes coming to earth as men. Out of all the people in the land, only an old couple acknowledged them as gods. So in Zeus's and Hermes' anger, because all these other citizens of the land did not see them as gods. They didn't acknowledge them. They literally wiped out the entire population except for that old couple. That's crazy. I am so grateful that the Lord's wrath does not come upon us upon us like that. That his mercy and his grace endure. And that he does not wipe us out like that. Maybe this is why these people were so quick to worship Paul and Barnabas because they, they didn't want this story to come alive again and them see a bit a great miracle and them not recognize that it was their little gods, Zeus and Hermes, and so they were quick to try to sacrifice and worship sacrifice, excuse me, and worship uh Paul and Barnabas. These Lyconians attributed Hermes to Paul because, like this, the scripture says, he was the chief speaker, and Zeus to Barnabas because Barnabas displayed authority. But Paul and Barnabas were true men of God, and they recognized that there was a problem 
when they saw that the chief priest was bringing out the oxen and the garlands to be sacrificed. Because the Lyconians didn't do this just for any typical guests. They did this to honor their gods. Well, what does this mean for us today? The application is this. When we don't know the true God and something good or remarkable happens in our lives, we will attribute this good thing that happened to us to anything or anyone else but the true and living God himself. Even even mild mildly people that don't know the Lord, they'll credit their good fortunes to sure luck. We hear that all the time. Oh, I was lucky. It was luck that this and that happened. Instead of saying that these blessings come from the hand of the Lord. And the first commandment in the Ten Commandments is is crystal clear about this whole idea going on with these false gods. We all know this, right? What is the first commandment? You shall have no other gods before me. The Israelites knew this. Every person that's ever studied any form of the Bible, even if they've never studied the Bible, we all know that 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 uh, that commandment to have no God before him at all. You don't have any other idol. Today, we may not struggle with attributing praise to false gods because of miracles, but I do think that we are challenged to fight against just the worshiping of false gods in general. And we'll we'll look at more of this in the next couple of verses. So let's go ahead and, and end off looking at verses 14 through 18. And it says, But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd, crying out, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature with you. And we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. Yet he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. Even with these words, they scarcely restrained the people from offering sacrifice to them. The first thing Paul and Barnabas did when they recognized that these people were trying to worship them, they weren't jumping for joy. They weren't excited to receive the praise and the honor that these these people were trying to give them. No, not at all. They were they were grieved. They were they were hurt. They were cut in their hearts. We know this because the text says that they tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd crying. We know that when tar- garments were torn and in the Old Testament, sackcloth and ashes would be put upon those who were, were mourning and grieving something of great importance to them. That's how they expressed it back in those days. And so this is what was going on here. We don't see that the, there was uh, ashes, but they were tearing their garments in opposition to this false worship that these people were trying to Uh, give to them they had asked the people why are you doing these things why were they worshiping mere men who had their same nature as if they were god paul rebuked their praise and false worship and expressed that they needed to turn from these vain things 
to the only true and living God. The application for us in this today is it's very uh, it's a very common theme throughout the entire Bible and throughout our entire lives. We need to be aware of false worship and we need to make sure that we are worshiping and praising Jesus Christ and nothing or no one else. But in our country, I think it's a challenge because Christianity has become watered down to you just go to a service and it's not about having a real relationship with Jesus Christ. I will say with the whole COVID-19, there has been a resurgence in people wanting real Christianity and real faith. So that is a good thing. Uh, That is a very good thing that that people are starting to be woken up again. Uh, Up until this point, I will say that consumerism, materialism, and capitalism make it very easy to worship idols because there are all kind of things that we can put our focus on and our energy into and, and, and be sidetracked by. And because if we are well off and we if we do have a, a steady stream of income and if we do have a decent roof over our head and clothes on our back and, and, and food stocked away in our cupboards, it's easy to be comfortable and begin to slowly, subconsciously worship these things, worship the 401k, worship the, the, the fact that our job is bringing in so much income every week or every two weeks, worship the fact that we are able to splurge and have these vacations and take our f- tr- family on these these trips and those trips and have these toys and those toys. And again, I'm not trying to knock any of those things as far as they're not evil in and of themselves, but when they get out of hand, when our infatuation, when our desire, when our uh, energy for these things gets out of whack, it's very dangerous. You see, in our country, we don't worship wooden idols like back in the day here in in the Bible. We worship American idols. (laughs) I hope you don't, I hope you don't, uh, you know, hold that show too close to your heart because if you do, you would have took offense to, to that statement right there. There is such a great danger in this idol worship of people and things because it's extremely deceptive. In many religions, we see this because one can give so much to an individual or to a shrine or to an image as an offering of worship, but in the end, it's hollow and worthless because who or what they are offering to is not the true and living God. But still, many will feel justified of their sins because of what they have given up or what they have given to on account for their forgiveness. And this is, again, like I said, this is the precept of every world religion besides Christianity. We, you know, people give to these, these ideas, they give to these images, they give to these, these statues thinking that they are worshiping God, when in fact they are worshiping idols, false gods, antichrists. And this is what was going on here in Lyconia. These people were trying to honor false gods to gain favor for their spiritual lives, but instead they were ultimately storing up wrath for themselves, which would eventually come down upon them unless they repented. Paul was trying to get them to see and witness the true and living God, the God who made the heavens, the seas, the earth, 
and all that was in them. But you see, in John chapter 3, verse 19, it tells us clearly, And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. So they were exposed to the Lord's greatness through his creation, but failed to recognize that he was the one that was creator of all of this. Rather, they created their own gods in their own images, which is idolatry. And look at how this is the good thing. Despite all that, look at how good and how merciful God is that even when they didn't believe that he was the true and living God, still he provided rain for their crops to grow. The crazy thing is, isn't that just like us today? Isn't that just like our situation we are in the world today? Because the world largely cares nothing for the true things of God, and we just continue to go about our daily lives doing whatever we want, thinking time is never going to stop. We make plans as if we are going to continue to do these things for 30, 40, 50 years with no consideration for what's going on with the Lord and what the Almighty God would have for us to do. With no thought of who keeps the earth rotating, we know the earth rotates How does that happen? We can't just chalk it up to science and that's just what it is. There is an energy, there is a power, there is is an entity that is controlling that and enabling that. It's just not by happenstance that that's happening. We don't take into account who allows the sun to shine, who allows the rain to fall from the clouds, Right. We don't typically think about those things. We just go about our daily lives and none of these intricate things affect us because we just believe we just have this idea that, oh, yeah, the the sun and the moon are going to be there. There's nothing that's going to be out of place. But again, you look at the situation we're in now and this worldwide altar call of the coronavirus has has brought a lot of people to their knees, praise God, and making them look to him because Their everyday routine has been disturbed and now they have to look to him because you can't just go about life as you normally have because you can't, you know, you got to wear a face mask out everywhere. You got to be six feet apart from everybody. You can't shake people's hands anymore. You're doing the whole elbow thing, the Bash Brothers. I mean, that's what's going on now. It's really waking people up. It's kind of what's what's going on in this text here. We see there was. No reverence for him, but still he allowed them to live. Because why? Why would God allow people to still live if they weren't even regarding him as who he was? Well, it's because this. It's because his desire is that none perish, but all come to repentance. He's given, like I said, a worldwide altar call waiting for people to be honest with him, waiting for people to cry out to him to ask for forgiveness, for people to say how frustrated they are in their lives and how scared they are, for people basically to be honest, not to fake the funk, but to be real about where they are at. He's waiting for people to tell him that they need his help, that they can't do it on their own. Sadly, like many here trying to worship Paul and Barnabas, 
a lot of people never made it to their knees at his feet. For us today, let us be those who recognize the truth of who God is, of who Jesus Christ is, and live to acknowledge him in all that we do. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, thank you again for just this time that you've given us in your word. Lord, to to look through your scriptures, Lord, and to have the Holy Spirit give us a vision of what your scripture means, of what this passage means to us today. The fact that we need to be like that crippled man and have a faith to be able to just listen to you and just hear from you and not to 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 be so quick to to speak, Lord. And then when we are spoken to, Lord, to to have the faith to be able to stand up, to follow your command and obey you and to stand up. Lord, help us to do that today. You're calling us to have faith. You're calling us to listen. You're calling us to, to stand up and obey you and to do the things that you've called us to do. And Father, I pray for for those as well that Lord, that, that don't know you, Lord, that are that are worshiping false idols, that are worshiping security, that are worshiping uh, things that are they're trying to keep in place so they can have stability in their lives. Lord, there is no stability in this life, Lord. Even when we think think things are going perfectly fine, Lord, there there there's all kind of bumps in the road and and things don't go as planned, Lord. And so I pray that Lord, you would refocus our attention to you and that you would help us to to not worship things or people or false gods but that we would worship the true and living God that we would only allow Jesus Christ to be sitting on the throne of our hearts Lord and that you would keep us Lord despite the things that are going on in the world despite the things that may be going on in our lives personally where we feel like we're just getting hammered from all sides and that we can't catch a break and that it's so difficult. I know that you've shown me, Lord, I, I'm, I, I struggle with these things. And Lord, there's people in other places that are dealing with so much more. There are locusts that are just destroying crops and food and people have no place to live and people are displaced all over, Lord. So help us to be grateful for what we do have, Lord. Help us to be praising you for the fact that you provided for us today, Lord, with a warm meal, with clothes on our back, Lord, with a, with a roof over our heads. And not only that, Lord, but help us, call us to action, Lord. Call us to help those around us, Lord, those that are less fortunate than us. We have uh, those near to us that need things, Lord. Help us to provide those, Lord, through the resources that you give us, Lord. Ultimately, we know that you want us to live out our faith and act upon what you show us. So, Father, please Give us hearts to do that today. Empower us with the Holy Spirit to truly be those that would be faithful in our walk with you. Father, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus Christ's precious name we pray. Amen. God bless you, church.